Welcome to Shear Jeshub, a Bible study broadcast from the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been teaching a study series on heavenly authority with the current sermon coming from the book of Judges, chapter 18. In the previous programs, we have seen the idolatrous shrine set up in the house of a man named Micah, who has also taken in a wandering Levite, who to this point is unnamed. The Levite is hired as Micah's personal priest. We have also seen the apostasy of the tribe of Dan, who because they cannot possess the territory in Israel that God has accorded them, is looking to attack a peaceful and unsuspecting people all the way north in Laish. But on the way, the six hundred fighting men are told of the valuable idols and ephod in Micah's house by five spies who had previously enjoyed Micah's hospitality. They decide to divert their mission for a moment to plunder Micah's home. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg in the study. When they went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image, the priest said to them, What are you doing? And they said to him, Be quiet. Put your hand over your mouth and come with us. Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest to the household of one man or that you be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel. Come with us, be a father and priest to us. So they're not taking, they're not going there to destroy this idolatry. They're not offended by this idolatry in Israel. They're there to steal Micah's shrine, to steal Micah's idols, and to steal Micah's priest. And the Levite here is going to get a quick career advancement. He's going to go, they're saying, look, isn't it better to be the priest to a tribe, to a family, a large family, than the priest to just a household? And as the priest to this young Levite is really just a career, he's a hired man, certainly it's better to get this higher position, to be a tribal priest. So what does it say? Verse 20, the priest's heart was glad. He was happy. He doesn't care they're stealing Micah's shrines, Micah's idols. He's just glad he's getting the advancement. And he took the ephod, the household idols, and the carved image, and took his place among the people. He actually grabs the things out of the shrine, and he joins the 600 men. Then they turned and departed. What a priest, huh? They turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock, and the goods in front of them. You have to be careful who you trust. Micah and his mother have a perverted idea of religion. They bring in this guy who they hire, and he's only as good as the hired man. When the other offer gets better, he runs after it, and he takes their precious idols, precious to them, with him. They turned, they departed, verse 22. When they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. So they're upset by what happened to Micah. 
And they called out to the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, What ails you that you have gathered such a company? What ails you? What's bothering you? Why are you so upset? What's your problem? And you notice the attitude of the Danites. Verse 24, so he said, You have taken away my gods, which I made, and the priest, and you have gone away. Now, what more do I have? What do I have left? How can you say to me, what ails you? How can you say that to me? You've taken my gods, you've taken that which I've crafted, and you've taken my priest and left me with nothing. How can you say, what ails you? And notice several things from this, and the foolishness of false religion. Micah's gods can be stolen. And people in this world have many things they consider God, many images of God, many religious rituals they do to their God, and quote, many religious acts of worship, many superstitions, idols, trinkets, charms, amulets, things they value as religious, that their religion is centered in, objects, idolatry, which the Lord God forbids. And their gods can be stolen. Anything made by man can be stolen. And a question to a person is, can your gods be stolen? Because the one God who is God You can't steal him. He doesn't dwell in an idol. He doesn't dwell in the money in a CD in the bank. He doesn't dwell in some heirloom you've inherited. He doesn't dwell in some religious statue or figure. He cannot be stolen. He is that he is. He created everything. How can he be stolen? False gods can be stolen. The true God who is... He desires to live in our hearts, and no one can steal that away. And you see the foolishness of the world's religions versus the truth of the true religion in God. Our God can never be stolen from us. He is that he is. When Jesus comes to live inside of our heart, nobody can take that away. They can cut off your head, they can steal your home. And they can't take that away. He's inside of you, and he's at the right hand of the Father. He is that he is. But all the other belief systems, the gods can be stolen. It's not based on truth and reality. It's based on a lie. Also notice, he says, which I made with my hand. The God which I made with my hand. How foolish If a person makes the God with their hand, and we know it's foolishness, we look back at the idolatry of the pagans and say, you know, they're carving an image, and then they bow down to it, and they made it with their own hand. But really, all the false images of God, or gods, are made by people's hands, by their imaginations, what they create. And how foolish to think that we can make God, we can make the image of God, He makes us, he reveals himself to us, and anyone that thinks they can make God who they want to make him out to be, the idol they want to make him be, it's foolishness, it's empty, it's vanity, because it's worthless. 
It's wrong and it's worthless. You can't make God. He made you. You've stolen my God, who I made, and the priest. Our worship of God does not depend on a priest, on a minister, on a Bible teacher. Our worship of God depends on him. So while the Lord sends us people to witness to us, to preach, to teach, we are not devoid of religion like Micah if that person goes, if the Lord should take that person, if the person should move on. Ministers have fallen. And our faith should not weaken because you cannot steal our priests because our priest is the high priest, Jesus Christ himself, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's at the right hand of the Father. No one can take him from you. Our faith is not based upon men and women. Our faith is based upon God. So our gods cannot be stolen. Our worship cannot be stolen. Because we don't worship that which we make. We worship him who is. And we recognize anyone in any position of authority as his servants. But if they go, our faith does not go. So we don't say with Micah, what more do I have? What we have, we have to all eternity. Verse 25. And the children of Dan said to him, Do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you, and you lose your life with the lives of your household. So they feel they're doing Micah a favor, that they're not turning around to battle this group that's come with Micah, which is smaller than themselves. They're not killing him. They feel they're good guys. That word there when they say, lest angry men fall upon you, literally, that word for angry is bitter of soul. Men who are bitter of soul. And that really is a good description of the Danites. They're frustrated in their territory, as we said in good part, because of their own disobedience and sin and idolatry. They can't have the victory God wants for them. They're faced with a powerful enemy, so they're bitter they're bitter of soul and they want to steal. They want to take from others. They want to oppress others. And you see the domino effect of sin. It's too hard where they're supposed to be. And they bolt and they go where they're not given authority. They do not stand in the power of God to accomplish his will. So they're bitter. And they set up their will as they use his name throughout what they're doing. Verse 26, Micah has to give up. Then the children of Dan went their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. Verse 27, So they took the things Micah had made and the priests who had belonged to him and went to Laish, to a people, quiet and secure. And they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. So they have the conquest they desire. There was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon, and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehab. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there. And that valley uh, belonged to one of the small Beth Rehab, one of the small kingdoms of Aram or the Syrians. Verse 29, And they called the name of the city Dan, after the name of Dan their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. So it sounds very respectful. 
they give this city to their forefather Dan. Then the children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image. So they set the idolatry right up there in this territory of Dan. And Jonathan, so now we have a name. Finally, the name of the Levite is given. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh. Now, look in your footnotes if you have a new King James. You'll see down in that verse that there's a little one near Manasseh. It says in the Septuagint and the Vulgate that that scripture reads, Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses. What an interesting point at which to leave the study. We are so happy that you were able to join us for our study today. We love to hear from our listening audience, so if you have any comments or words of encouragement, please send them along to us. Also, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting our church's evangelical outreach. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. We would also like to extend an invitation for you to join us for Sunday service if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area. Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jeshub.